0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of January. The Utah Jazz are sacking in the West. Two more wins in the books over the weekend. What did the wins over the Hornets and the Wizards tell us? A look at what the Jazz are since Jordan Clarkson, and one number that should blow your mind. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. bum 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 pow Welcome to New York City. This is Locked on Jazz coming to you live from New York as the Jazz will practice today in New York and then play Brooklyn tomorrow. Kyrie Irving and the Nets coming off a win last night against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz giving you insight, expertise, geeking numbers, and hopefully making it a lot better for you to be a Jazz fan each and every day. So the Jazz get two wins over the weekend one against the Charlotte Hornets at home a complete dismantling of the Hornets and then a win over the Washington Wizards who had won 4 of 7 including wins over Boston, Miami and Denver uh without and the Jazz were without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and the Jazz were able to uh put it together uh last night. So we'll talk about both those and then look at some trends and obviously things are rolling. You know, by the Jazz uh are wrong. Now, there's been a a conversation that hey they haven't played anyone and they've taken advantage of this and that you know I guess that's true they they lost to their one loss in the last uh, 15 is against Miami uh, on the road who is, has the best home record and they lost to the and they beat the Clippers in LA, um, which is you know a pretty darn good win. Um, there is also something that if you're going to go win 55 games in the nba um these are the games you actually have to win this is this is actually how you're gonna you know if you're gonna be a 55 win team this is what has to happen you've got to muster your way on against every not particularly good team at home and then on the road you have to find your ways to wins uh which are never you know particularly easy um the other thing i would just point out is that you know when you look at the Jazz playing these games, and if you look at win probability, you know, their win probability is at 55, 60, 65%. Maybe on some of them it's been as high as 70. You know, if you had that coin that was weighted that way, you wouldn't win nine straight, or eight straight. Nine straight? I didn't, I've straight—I lost track. Nine straight. You wouldn't, um, you wouldn't win 14 to 15, right? That's... Um, that's the way probability works. So they're far exceeding the probability of what you could expect out of a team in this circumstance. Um, And I, you know, I think that's, what's important. Um, Yeah, sure. It'd be nice to see what happens when we go to Denver and not have to play them coming up on a back to back out of San Antonio and actually have a good uh, testament of that. It'd be nice to play the Rockets right now and, and see, Where we stand and maybe match up against Dallas, which, you know, we have not played Houston yet. We have not played Dallas yet this year. We have not played Denver yet this year. So uh, we do have an unusual schedule in the sense that we have not played Western Conference foes, and we're working toward the 40th game mark. We'll play 41 games having not played the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Mavericks uh, yet this season. That's strange. So we'll, we'll do that all on the back end. Um, and we'll see how we do, but uh, right now they're doing what they can do, and they're doing it awfully impressively. They're plus nine in road wins, minus home losses, uh, which is the, I think the second best in the Western Conference. So that's you know those those are the wins. You just you have to grind them out, get them done if you're going to go to to win 55 games in a season, and that's what they they've done against Charlotte. Charlotte was a strange game because it felt as though Charlotte did not make any adjustments coming off of the Jazz beating them two weeks earlier, and the Jazz replicated the exact model by which to beat them. You know, lights out three-point shooting. uh, Great ball movement, ton of good looks, and they were able to really do exactly what they did last time, which... As I said, I thought was strange. Like, um, I was surprised there wasn't any adjustment. Um, I guess, you know, on the optimistic side of things, you could say that we were just, we've just gotten to a point where we're so good that we dictated how the game was played in a a manner that they couldn't do anything about. Uh, And they may not have the system or the bigs to deal with it, but we went 18 of 42 from three, you know, if we, get, if we take 40 threes, we're going to win. We're 40% three-point shooting team. Right now, when we take 33 threes in a game, we're 17-4. and four. If we take 35, we're 13-3. and three. So 33 seems to be the better number. And the other one is assists. We had 28 assists against Charlotte. We had 23 last night. So when we go and get... 22 assists mean the ball's popping, and obviously shots have to go in. That's what Assists are a little bit of a self-confirming statistic because it means the ball went in the hoop. But nonetheless, if we're not playing one-on-one and we're getting those hoops off ball movement, we are 18-2 and two this year. The other one that's interesting is if we steal any extra possessions offensively. Um, in other words, if we have any sort of offensive rebounding prowess, uh, 11 offensive rebounds or more, we're now 11-2. Those are not the numbers that are going to blow your mind. I'm leaving that for you for the next segment. So the Charlotte win was was just, you know, it was just really a dominating five minutes in. Quinn Snyder was quick to point out that Donovan Mitchell, who was sick, came out and changed the entire tempo of the game. He just came out, created... Um, unbelievable energy early the arena I thought was dead Uh, maybe I was wrong but it just felt very dead before the game didn't have its usual kind of Utah vibe to it Friday night lots going on snowstorm and I just think that the the group did not have its have its juice Um, or the building didn't have its juice. the group then came out with it and created juice which I thought was really impressive um, and Quinn credits Donovan with a lot of that, picking up defensively, high pickup points, eliminating Devontae Graham from the game. Uh, Donovan ends up going 2 of 9, 4 points, breaks his streak, but he was under the weather to the point where he does not play in Washington. Uh, balanced attack that time, Clarkson 20, Niang another brilliant game, 15, Moody 10, Gobert 15, Ingles 11, Bogdanovich 16. Then we go to Washington, and they get Bradley Beal back, and they get Thomas Bryant back, two nice players, though Bryant was on a minutes restriction, and we're without Donovan. And this was, again, a team that won four of seven and had three of those wins against good teams. And this was pretty impressive because, and, you know, frankly, Thomas Bryant's 15 minute minute restriction might have had an impact on the game because they were pretty good when he was on the floor. But Bogdanovich went and gr- took the game early. He finished with 31. He had most, he had 22 of them in the first half, but he he was just getting to the basket, attacking, using hesitation in the lane. It was terrific. Joe had this kind of superb, aggressive game. He kind of got us out of some of the early doldrums. But the Jazz fell down by 15 in the third quarter and then mustered their way back on a 21-4 run in that, third, which was kind of a crazy impressive. Um in that, you know, the game was really in the balance. You've you you thought that you're probably gonna be in I mean, when you're down you're down by fifteen, it's you know, a twenty one to four run is the only answer and they did it right away. Uh they had thirty eight points in that third quarter. The offense just was incredible last night. Last check, the offensive rating last night was a 129. Might have even been a wow. I didn't realize it was. It was I knew it was 120 plus, which is absurd. You don't lose when you're 120 plus. Uh, and then Clarkson takes over. So Boyan does part of it. Clarkson goes and takes over another part of the ball game. Joe Ingles has a fabulous outing, and then Rudy Gobert defensively in the third quarter and around the rim in the fourth. And a collective effort without Donovan, and they win in a game that by the end, I don't think anyone thought they could lose. Never really felt like you were going to lose that ballgame. Bradley Beal was pretty aggressive, played 27 minutes, took 25 shots, scored 25 points. And the Jazz took advantage of smaller guys, adjusted defensively on the backdoor baseline action of Washington as the night went on. And they... Absolutely. They absolutely crushed it. Um, The and that's just kind of methodical wins. Though I don't know Charlotte was an opportunity to lose, but Washington certainly was. I've got a number for you and I'll try to explain why I think it's so incredible. Um has me thinking this team could really, really be great. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. Located in Woods Cross, the Murdochs and Chevrolet have been together for 90 years. Chevrolet is bread and butter Americana. It's intertwined with Utah and the Murdochs and Murdochs and Chevrolet and Utah have all been together all of this time. Murdoch Chevy's located right in Woods Cross, right off the freeway, as you head up north. And they've got the incredible truck line, the Silverado and the Colorado. Uh, I've driven both of them, loved them both. I just gave back my Blazer, which was super. Got a million comments about uh, the Blazer. Uh, reaction from people on how stylish it looked. It drove beautifully. If you're looking for an SUV, they've also got the Equinox, the Traverse, and the Trax for you. A great lineup of cars there. And special year starting deals in 2020. That's all out at Murdoch Chevy and Woods Cross. You can do the same thing with me as we do uh, with Hyundai. If you're looking for a Chevy truck, Silverado or Colorado, you're looking for the Suburban or the Tahoe, make sure you send me an email first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 Zero nine at gmail.com so that we can take a moment and get you set up like a pro before you head over to Murdoch Chevy.
0: Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking
2: This year when their offensive rating is a hundred and seven or better are 22 and one 22 and one. And now let me explain the one. The one is Milwaukee when Rudy Gobert doesn't play. So the Utah Jazz are actually and when Rudy Gobert plays, and their offensive rating is a 107. All right, what the hell does that mean, Locke? 107, the league average is 110. 107 would make you the 20th offense in the NBA. So if we can play to the level of the 20th offense in the league... We're going to be close in every game. And if we play above that, we evidently win. 22 and 0. Considering that the offense, since Jordan Clarkson's joined us, is a 121.9. A 121.9. Seemingly being above 107 seems like it's going to happen most of the time. I'm sure this trend will break at some point, but here's what it tells me. The first one it tells me is we're really hard to beat, right? So the first thing to be in the ballpark to beat us, you're going to have to have a above-average offensive game with a, a game in which Rudy Gobert is involved. Okay, that doesn't actually happen very often, right? So that's the first thing. More importantly, what it tells me about us defensively is that we are playing defense and great defensively when we need to be. Really, all you want your defense to do is to allow them to score fewer points than you do, right? That's the concept. It's really basic. So if we're rolling offensively, defense might not be quite as good because we're up by 10. There is a game flow aspect to these things if what it tells me that if our defensive rating is a 107 or or our offense is better than a 107 that we don't lose is that our defense can kind of get to 107 whenever it has to like last night our defense wasn't great but our offense was a 130 right that was so we didn't need to be 107 we were 118 and we won by 9 without a lot of threat and we got every stop we need to get it's a little bit of a dangerous way to live. It's also pretty realistic to how the NBA works. But the fact that if our offense is a 107 below average, we're 22 and 0. To me is first it says the defense when we have to get stops, we do or when we need to clamp down for a period of the game because we're suddenly having an offensive struggle, we do. We'll see whether that's true or not, right? There are some teams that are good enough to be top five offensively and top five defensively, and it would be awfully nice if we did that, but doesn't evidently look to be totally the way we're doing it. On the flip side, getting us down to 107 will happen, but it's not something that's going to happen With regularity, frankly. Because when you're the number one three-point shooting team in the league and one of the top fourth shooting teams in the league, you have to turn the ball over at a really high rate, not offensive rebound at all, or go to the free throw line, not go to the free throw line at all, or have a rare bad shooting night. Like last night was a bad shooting night for us, and we had a 130 offense. Right? Our average shooting night is 40% from 3. So when we go 33% from 3 like we did last night, that's actually a bad shooting night. We had not been 33% from 3 ex- till, except for the Miami Heat game was the last time. And before that we did not shoot it well in Atlanta, but we've been above 37% from 3 or at 37% from 3 in all but three games since we lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder, on a night where we shot our our last two losses, we shot 26% from three and 33% from three. So it's pretty, un you know, we, the offensive rating in our most recent losses, 104 to Miami, 88 to the Thunder. I mean, that's just brutal. Lakers 92, Philadelphia 90, Toronto 104, Indiana 102, Milwaukee's the one at 114, Minnesota at a 93. Like I don't know when we're I don't know that we're seeing those numbers again. In the win streak or since Oklahoma City we, Atlanta we are 105. how many times we've been under 107? Atlanta we are 105. Miami we are 104 and lost. Detroit and Chicago we are 106s and one. And then since we added Jordan Clarkson, we've most of our games have been ridiculous. So, I don't know if it, if, if it's kind of a, a different way to look at it, but my point is I think our defense is good enough that if our offense gives us an above average day, we just win all the time. Which is really pretty insane. Um you know, we're the number one offense in the NBA since Jordan Clarkson joined us nine games ago. Now the schedule's been what the schedule's been. But that's all we have is data and I'm so right, but we're not gonna come down like we're the offensive rating in that time period by the Jazz is a one hundred twenty one point nine. Dallas was hovering at like 116 this year for a historically great offensive season. We're not, no one's delusional enough to think that we're holding at 119 for the season. That's not possible. But, or 121 for the season. But I do think, as we thought from the very beginning, this team had everything in it that could make it a top five offensive team, and we're seeing that and it's pretty awesome. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home, you should think about Homie. Homie's doing things differently. The real estate market has been kind of the same thing, done the same way for a long long time. And Homie is doing it differently. Not just their fun teal billboards or their blimp inside of Vivint Smart Home Arena giving away dollars to fans during games. No, They're doing it differently because while you still get an agent that takes you to your dream home, that does all of the negotiating for you, that looks and makes offers for you, they are now working to get you $5,000 back on each of your home purchases. A lot of people think it's free to buy a home. It's actually not. The money you pay for your home is used to pay the seller, their agent, whatever agent you choose to hire. It's your money that pays both agent and homies is just returning $5,000 to you now at the end of the process. Find out more by texting LOCK L O C K E to eight eight five eight eight. That's eight eight five eight eight. Text LOCK. An experienced local homie agent will help you every step of the way. Changing the way we do real estate in Utah and other markets. It is homie. Text LOCK to eight eight five eight
1: eight. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from. Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains i tried everything massages chiropractors this at home device handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me and now the all new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor it's so quiet it's no louder than an electric toothbrush and best of all you can try theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on the name of this network right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on. All right, Mondays we like to do the Monday runaround and kind of take a look at where
2: everybody is in the league. If we just look at the last nine games... We can take a look at some of this. We can also look at cleaning the glass, which I like to look at. So we'll, we'll float between the two here. Cleaning the glass just kind of has a quick snippet of the last two weeks of everyone. And that, I think, gives us a good idea and that we can dig in a little deeper on it. But the number one team in the NBA over the last two weeks is the Utah Jazz. With the number one rated offense and the number six rated defense. Number two is the Lakers. Number three is the Rockets. Number four is Memphis. Interestingly, number five is a team we beat in this streak. It's Orlando. Number six is Milwaukee, and number seven is Oklahoma City. Now, so we have not played many of those teams. We beat Memphis in this stretch, so they're pretty good, and we beat teams that are struggling at this point of the year are not usually surprising until you see Philadelphia, as over the last two weeks, is 29th. In the NBA. Indifferential. 22nd offensively. 28th defensively. No other real surprise at the bottom of the barrel. Brooklyn's offense couldn't score without Kyrie. Denver is 19th. Their defense over the last two weeks ranks 30th in the NBA. That's surprising. Because that's kind of what they've been super good at for most of the year. Let's look at the last 15 games, and we'll take it down to the last 10, just kind of get a feeling on how um, everything is. But let's look at first, we'll we we'll stretch it out a little bit. Top five offensive teams in the league over the last uh, two weeks. Utah, Indiana, Memphis, incredible story. San Antonio, Denver, and New Orleans. Lakers coming at 7, Dallas comes in at 8, Houston at 9, Clippers at 10, Oklahoma City at 11. Wow, the West. The Good West, the bad offensive teams. The only surprise in there is Toronto, with their injuries, has fallen apart. And as I mentioned, Philadelphia is 22nd. Otherwise, it's all teams you'd expect. The defensive top teams in the NBA: Orlando's number one, Lakers two, Toronto three, Houston is four over the last two weeks. Milwaukee five, Utah six, Minnesota without Carl Anthony Towns can really defend. Surprises are. Denver is 30th. Philadelphia, who we thought would be the best defensive team in the league with their lengths, is 28th defensively in the last two weeks. Indiana's not very good either. They're 24th. So it's a little surprising that we have that kind of slippage taking place on some of these teams. And those are the numbers over the last two weeks, so you stretch it out with that two weeks and wonder what else you see except for the fact that the way I do that, which is NBA.com, is site seems to be down right now. Which makes it... So that's not something that we're actually going to do today. Which is a bummer. Um, ironically enough, I'm in New York. I'm right next to NBA.com. And their site is down. And not pulling up data for me right now. Um, so I cannot give you the last 15 games and 10 games and 5 games. But I can tell you this. The last 15 games, we are the number one offensive team in the league. The last 9 games... Since Jordan Clarkson's come, we're the number one team in the league. And, you know, there's a lot that's taken place. Quinn's made a tremendous amount of adjustments and taken a lot of look at things impressively. Joe Ingles has stepped up his game at a dramatic level. We got we're getting nothing out of Dante and changed that into Jordan Clarkson, which is a stunner. Santa came early. In a mammoth way for the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz moved Donovan in the angles by which he was attacking so that offensively he's playing a different game and playing it better. And Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsey built a team that has multiple offensive options so that on a night like last night where you're missing your entire starting backcourt, the Jazz somehow find a way to win. Pretty incredible. That is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. with Josh Lloyd, Monday edition. He runs around the NBA. He actually wanted to do the jazz, if you're wondering, but I was not available because we were flying last night. So um, don't, feel, don't feel slighted that the Utah Jazz were not uh, the selection of one of those teams uh, by Josh Lloyd and the Locked on NBA crew. So right now, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on NBA.